Welcome to the Floor Education Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hedin, owner of Illustrious Hardwoods in Phoenix, Arizona. We're here to talk with flooring professionals from all across the country about your common concerns while navigating a flooring project. This week's guest is Jeremy Waldorf. Jeremy is a returning guest, and he has years of experience in the flooring industry from multi-unit residential, residential, and light commercial work. He's recently moved on from laying floors to be a rep for Shonox. Today, we're talking about something that is near and dear to Jeremy's heart. That topic is PPE, or personal protective equipment. A lot of guys and gals may scoff at it, but Jeremy has a story to tell that may make you think twice about putting on that dust mask the next time you're at the saw or opening up a bag of self-level or grout. Listen in to learn why you need to protect yourself and what questions to be asking a contractor you are considering hiring. Jeremy Waldorf, are you on the line? I am here. Awesome. Welcome back to the Floor Education Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, This is a topic that I don't know that our homeowners would always always consider, but I know it's definitely a topic uh, near and and dear to your heart. So we're going to talk personal protective equipment. Um, whether that means that a homeowner is installing a, a floor themselves and they should consider protecting themselves or they hire an installer and what the installer does inside their home and how it could affect not only the installer's health, but the the homeowner and the other occupants of that home. So sure. let's uh, let's get a quick little little background on you again. And then let's kind of let let's do why PPE is important to you, and then go into why homeowners need to consider it. Sure. So I've been in the flooring trade my my whole life. Uh, I'm 41 years old, and I started in as a as a kid growing up with my dad, who had been in floor covering for about 55 years, or maybe a little longer even. Um, working at a young age and in my teenage years and a little older than that, started working uh, as a contractor for his company, doing you know, multifamily and commercial, uh, eventually transitioning into residential and, uh, and small commercial, primarily on my side with my own company, uh, Legacy Floors, um, up until about 90, let's see, 97 is when I made that transition. And then, uh, you know, doing that primarily a hard surface installation. So NWFA, uh, National Wood Flooring Association uh, uh, certified installer and inspector, uh, CTI certified pylon installer um, for both associate mechanics. So basically a lot of hard surface type floor covering mm-hmm. experience on, on my side. And then in June of 2019, I transitioned into the manufacturing side and took a position as a technical sales rep with uh, HP Estronox, which is a uh, German manufacturer that has a division here in the United States that handles uh, subfloor preparation, adhesives, and waterproofing. So everything underneath your finished floor covering that makes the finished flooring look beautiful, flat, and level and smooth. And that's where I've been uh, since. Floor prep is key, ninety percent. Floor prep is prep. key. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> lots of experience, wide wide ranging. Um, Personal protective equipment. Why? Why is this near and dear to your heart? So uh, it, it had been part of my 
you know, my experience in the trade for, for some time beforehand, but back in 2017, uh, right around, I would say end of the year, middle of the year, uh, my dad had discussed with us and disclosed that he had been diagnosed with mesothelioma, which at the time I didn't know much about, but it, uh, it actually is a, a lung disease, a cancer that is from asbestos in the floor tiles and floor adhesives throughout the years during demolition and installation, uh, breathing that in had caused uh, some significant lung damage. And it was a progressive disease that um, over the course of the next uh, year and a half or so, um, started to limit his ability to breathe and started to uh, attack his lungs in a way that ended up uh, causing him to uh, slowly, eventually uh, lose his ability to, to breathe. And, and he, uh, he passed away in uh, 2017. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And it's, it's tragic. It's the more data that comes out, these things are, I don't want to say it's, it's completely preventable because we just get so much exposure, but we have ways to at least limit our exposure, but that, that data wasn't there 40, 50 years ago. Right. Yeah. There was a lot that they didn't know about at that time. And, and there's a lot that we do know about. We've got a lot more information now to, you know, to protect us against maybe that specific threat, but we have a whole different type of, uh, you know, new types of responsibilities in terms of safety that surround us uh, these days now that we have to be conscious of both as homeowners, as in uh, professional in- installation companies as well that mm-hmm. might come into your home and perform that work for you. And uh, I think as far as, you know, that goes, that's all valuable information to, to understand and to learn more about. So what is, if, if a homeowner is going to do their own project, what kind of equipment do they want to be looking into to protect themselves, you know, at, at the minimum, I, I'm not expecting them to run out and buy a $2,300 HEPA vacuum to use for a sure. weekend project. But, you know, what kind of, what kind of precautions do they want to be taking for their own health? I think, you know, even if you're using a, you know, standard shop vac type, uh, you know, attachment or something like that, um, you know, this obviously we goes without saying, you know, we use, safety glasses, we use ear protection, we use gloves, whatever we think we might need, dust masks whenever possible. I think that one thing we don't really often consider is uh, whether it's you know fumes or whether it's dust exposure, limiting that type of thing at the source. So you might be looking at tools and things you might have. There are ways to adapt or retrofit those tools sometimes with shrouds or or vacuum ports where you're able to maybe get an upgraded HEPA filter for the vacuum you already have, or maybe just a little bit bigger vacuum that has a HEPA filtration where for you're able to use around the house and, uh, you know, in your garage and, and things like that, that actually can connect to some of your tools that you'd be using, or at least have your, you know, your helper, your, you know, 10 year old or a teenager stand by and, and hold nearby the workspace so you can help limit the amount of that, Mm-hmm. contaminant that actually gets into the air in your home uh, and in your workspace is probably the best strategy you can employ, in, in my opinion. Definitely. You know what? You brought up dust mask and then you talked fumes. And I, I would love to point out that that dust mask is not going to protect you from the oil-based fumes of a paint or the you know VOCs from a stain. 
and sure. that is a that is a separate mask you you should go and buy that stops organic compounds um and those cartridges are only good for so long so if you're going to be doing like a long eight hour day that cartridge could be shot by the end of the day but yeah it's point. definitely I mean, going to be healthier for you long term you know yeah it's like a 30 dollar cartridge or you know or maybe they're like 15 20 but still is that worth yeah. the permanent damage that you're doing to yourself? Yeah. And, and when I went through the NWFA uh, training that I did a few years ago, I, I think it might've been Wayne Lee, if I'm not mistaken, but he, he had a, a funny phrase talking about dust masks. And, uh, you know, he said that, you know, the, the paper dust masks are good for one thing, uh, stopping two by fours. You know, they, they're not designed to be, you know, high end particulate filters, the, the, even these dust, you know, filters and, and respirators, you're, you're right. They're very specific on what they protect against. You can't use a, a dust filtration filter and expect that filtration filter to, to filter out fumes and, and vice versa. It's not rocket science, but it takes a little bit of reading and, and determining what you've got. Sometimes those filters are you know, easy to change within, you know, 10 seconds. So, yeah. Um, you know what what other things are we looking at so it, we we want homeowners if they're doing work themselves to definitely protect themselves you know you may not be exposed as much as as guys like us that are are doing it day in and day out but it it adds up it's going it, it can potentially affect your your quality of life that one time becomes 10 times becomes 100 times um depending on you know what you're doing like if you were going to take out the tile in your house Buy a dust mask. Your shirt is not going to work. That a scarf over your face does not work. It's not made to filter that kind of stuff. So, yeah, just it, common sense. Please do what you need to 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 protect yourself. But what what do they need to be looking for from contractors? <clears throat> well, when I was a you know a contractor running my own company, uh, demolition was a part of what it, what we did. A lot of times you had height restrictions or particular reasons why you you know the floor needed to come out sometimes there are self-leveling compounds or or applications where um you know a, a product can you know can be used uh to encapsulate or go over an existing floor and make it suitable other times you have to remove the floor for height reasons or structural reasons and you know one when, when i was doing that type of thing i would explain to the homeowner during the first initial site visit what the steps would be we would take the area where the flooring needed to be uh removed we would put up you know six mil pallet walls and we would have you know zip walls and we would have negative airflow going out the window and we would be using hepavax to make sure that usually our tools that are using for the demo and then as we go we're kind of cleaning ourselves you know out of that area limiting that demolition dust and exposure to just the one section of the house that we're working on even if it's you know a 400 square foot area we would get that taken care of we mm -hmm. would take down the, the zip walls and move it to the next area and keep that type of uh, process contained it, it takes longer it takes more time it's more expensive the equipment costs more money it might take a couple extra guys but when you have three bids and you're taking uh you know estimates from from companies it, maybe they'll offer that type of information to you if you're talking about demo i would certainly hope they would discuss that because if they don't you need to bring it up and ask them what they're going to do uh if they don't have a plan for it then you probably should move to the next and uh and and 
interview someone that does have a comprehensive plan that's worked for them in the past to help uh, not only protect themselves on your property, but more importantly to you to protect the members of your household and limit their exposure to whatever carcinogens or, you know, potentially problematic uh, contaminants that they could let into the air or mm -hmm. onto the, you know, the, the flat surfaces where dust might settle and, uh, you know, extra steps matter. <clears throat> I know for sure as a contractor, there were several jobs that I got based solely on my strategy for what I was going to be doing in terms of how I was going to remove their existing floor. Uh, a lot of times I offered that to them and explained it. And after hearing it, it was really a no brainer. I get the call back and they would say, we, you know, we, we really didn't have to think about it after hearing, you know, from maybe even one of the person that we liked what you said and we want to protect ourselves. And that's why, you know, I ended up getting those jobs. Mm -hmm. No. And I think it's, it's so important, you know, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. I only do dustless tile removal now and it, I do it for my health. Um, yeah. I, I won't do it any other way, but it, it's not just for my health. It's for the, the homeowner's health and their family's health. If they have little kids running around in that home and, yeah. and I'm just going to take up that tile and that silica dust is going to get everywhere. Who knows how long you're never going to get rid of all of it. Sadly, it's just, it's too fine. Yeah. It gets in every nook and cranny. It'll be around for years and years and years. Um, their kids don't need to be breathing that in any more than I do. And so if I'm going to no. take care of myself, why wouldn't I want to take care of them? Um, yeah. And you said dustless. I mean, there's a lot of tools out there right now and, and guys, you know, like myself and, and other, a lot of others out there, we've invested in dustless technology. It doesn't mean dust free. It doesn't mean that they're going to walk away from this job and they won't maybe be, you know, able to run your finger across the countertop and see a little bit of residue, but maybe they've eliminated 90 to 95% of that potential, you know, hazard from the house exactly. during the process. And, and that makes everybody, healthier in general correct and it's you know it, it's considerations of you know are you gonna are you gonna cut in my house what kind of tools are you using that you're cutting in my house you know i know there's some new tile saws that are are yeah. dustless um using the wet saw definitely helps but then it kind of spits slurry juice all over the place and that can get on floors so maybe you don't want that in your house I, it there's Lots of different things to kind of consider, and I, I think it's important to have that conversation with whoever you're interviewing of what are you doing to protect myself and, and my family from yeah. harmful airborne whatever. Yeah, and I think that when you ask that question with the contractor, if they're doing what they need to be do, uh, doing in, in terms of the types of safety and you know, protective measures, they're usually excited to tell you about it. I, I was always eager to brag about the equipment that I had and the methods that we used because it was it was a, it was an exciting topic. I knew that maybe I was talking about it and maybe two or three others weren't. Mm -hmm. um, and and it was, uh, you know, the kind of thing where I'd be able to give them reassurance before the, you know, the first deposit was ever even collected, you know, that I, I was thinking about more than just catching a check that I had in mind you know, the, the project from start to finish, and I was going to help them to understand what I was going to do to help, you know, protect them during the process, keep them healthier, uh, and get things done as efficiently as possible. Correct. You know, one of the ways I always put it is that I, I tell them, I'm not, I'm going to land a job. I'm, I'm not worried. You know, at some point, someone's going to agree to go with my, with my terms and my cost, and, and I'll land a job. 
But at the end of the day, if I don't do right by you, that could be the last check I cash. And I don't want to cash a check today. I want to be able to cash a check in 20 years. And if I'm not taking care of you properly, I'm not going to be able to build the brand that'll be around in 20 years. That's true. So you're right. It's it's important. You've got to... You've got to put more value in than what a lot of people are. It's not It's not necessarily that Chuck in a truck doesn't care about your health, but perhaps Chuck in a truck hasn't figured out how to address those problems yet, or the, the margins on his company aren't there and so he can't find a way to afford the equipment. And uh, honestly, I mean, let's not lie to people. These these services are going to come at a cost. But yes, there's there's value there. And if, if you can see the value in what's being offered and agree that it's worth that price, then it's not ripping you off. It's the equipment's expensive. The, there's extra time and labor involved there you know there there's things that make that but make it what it is but yeah well you, you've got to have that value and you've got to be able to add it in and explain why it's important not only for you but for them and others around them yeah i mean and a good example is uh you know when i bought vacuum i started doing some concrete grinding and prep work i i never thought i would ever in my life buy a 1900 hour vacuum but there i was um doing it you're, and um, you're telling yeah. me, man, <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing at myself. Like, what am I doing? Um, but it was one of the best purchases. I, one of my absolute favorite tools I ever bought. And I was super excited to bring that into the house and show people, you know, what I had, you know, what I purchased to help them and to help myself. Uh, people like seeing that, you know, and, and, you know, like you said, it takes extra time. We would come in and we might spend half to three quarters of a day, just putting up plastic and zip balls mm-hmm. you know, that, that there's, that does cost money. Plastic isn't expensive, but you know, three guys uh, for a day's worth of labor, you know, that might be more than what someone else is might bring their cost higher than some of the others. So, you know, like you said, they say sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So a guy might, if you, if you ask him about personal protection and safety and those kinds of things, you know, he might need you to elaborate on exactly why you're asking, but, if he still doesn't have a clue why you're asking, uh, that might give you an indication, you know, that that it might be uh, the wrong person. Yeah, um, I, I, I mean, that's I, just my opinion. No, it, well, I agree with you. If you're not, this industry is is hard enough on people. If we can't be concerned about our own health and and thinking long term, then it's wrong that we're not considering the health of our clients. So I, no, I, I, I agree with your opinion and I, you know, maybe there's others that don't, but personally, I, if someone's not going to take your long-term health into consideration, I don't know that I'd want to do business with them. This is, this is, there's some serious stuff going on when we start getting into dealing with with homes you know um i was in my mother-in-law's house over christmas there was asbestos tiles in it because it was built in 1959 
the house that I live in was built in 1974. Uh, if I take off the original baseboards, I could be dealing with lead paint. You know, yes. there's there's so many different things to consider. If I start grinding the concrete, I'm creating silica dust. If I open up a bag of, of thin set, most likely there's silica dust in it as I am dumping it to mix it that's going into the air. Um if I if I start staining something or if I go get kills oil based paint, I'm putting VOCs into the air. Yes. You know, what kind of exposure am I am I giving you? And I if I'm gonna be con- if I'm not concerned about myself, then I'm probably not concerned about you. And that's I don't know that that's a good combination. And that's why I'm gonna I, I'm willing to take that hard stance and say, find somebody that's looking out for your best and theirs. Yeah, and that's a good point. And honestly, it really shouldn't be that hard these days. You know, if you've got licensed contractors or contractors that carry insurance and you know, you're checking off all the other boxes, um, you know, this kind of safety type thing, uh, it's not hard to do. It's not doesn't have to be, you know, I've seen HEPAVX for, you know, four or five, six hundred hours. Um, you know, there's ways that they can just take extra steps. Do they have to be, you know, the absolute, you know, uh, recreating a laboratory in your house? No, it's not going to be like that. But uh, like I said, it's 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 the clueless ones and the ones who have a complete disregard for anything having to do with those kinds of you know operations that I would say you know I would be steering clear of, and the rest will you know either catch up you know and improve or they'll be you know left behind trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a that's a great point. Um, you you either get on board or you you get left behind, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. So. Um, you know, just get out there and, and, and interview, ask the questions that are important. And I think that obviously we're covering this because Jeremy and I believe this is, this is important. And with what happened to, to your father, I I know you think it's important because it's, it's affected you directly because it, it hit home so hard. So I, I thank you yeah. for coming on. I, I, I thank you for being able to be willing to talk about kind of what happened very, very briefly and pointing out why this needs to be important to people considering construction work happening in their home. Absolutely. They just got to, you know, as far as homeowners go, they gotta take care of themselves and make sure that they're making the right choices uh, for their family. And like I said, with the kind of technology that we have now, and the, the steps we have in place and the education out there, it, you might have to look a little bit longer, but you might, you know, you might, you might find the right guy for this try. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not to say you won't, but there's a lot of us out there who are taking care of, uh, of more than just getting, getting the check cashed. Definitely. All right, Jeremy. Uh, I appreciate you coming back on. I appreciate you talking about something near and dear to your heart. Um, once again, I am sorry for your loss, but I love how open you are about it and how this is kind of a, a personal mission for you at this point. So um, from from the bottom of my heart, man, I just thank you so much. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate the opportunity. Anytime I can do something or share something that's going to help someone else uh, improve their health or their life. Uh, or life quality or their family. I'm all about helping in that way whenever I can. So thank you for the venue to do that as well. You're welcome. Have a good day, buddy. You too. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. That's all the time we have for this week. Be sure to subscribe so you can hear each and every episode. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most major podcast directories. 
Don't forget to leave a review and let us know what you think about the show. If you'd like to be a guest, have questions or feedback, you can email us at floreducation at gmail.com. You can help support the show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash floor education. Remember, your education never stops.